Live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Dental Business Radio. Brought to you by Practice Quotient. Practice Quotient bridges the gap between the provider and payer communities. Now here's your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Hi there, friends of the dental business community. This is your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate your time. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Practice Quotient, PPO Analysis and Negotiation, Professional PPO Analysis and Negotiation. If you are a top-tier provider and you feel like you are not getting top-tier compensation reflective of your abilities and expertise, then you should call the fine, friendly folks at Practice Quotient. You can find their website at www.practicequotient.com. Their office line is 470-592-1680. Practice Quotient, PPO Analysis and Negotiation. Very much, Thank you very much, guys, for sponsoring this content. And I am thrilled today to have Lucas Bitson with me. Lucas, how are you, sir? Not too bad. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. So Lucas came all the way down from Minnesota to be on the show and to be on uh, Atlanta Association of Health Underwriters as well. So how are you enjoying Georgia so far? It's beautiful. You know, I left Minneapolis. It was 70 sunny, 75 sunny. I guess I got to bring it up a little bit yet. Not fall yet. Uh, got off the plane. It felt exactly the same. Maya. Yeah. 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 It's really nice here right now. I, I was loving it. We should be playing golf. Usually it's three minutes and I feel like I need a towel. <laughs> I wasn't even playing golf. <laughs> so Lucas, you were uh, from the insurance industry, uh, as am I. Uh, in fact, we very likely crossed paths at some point in time or passed each other in the hallway. Um, so when did you wake up and say, dental insurance, that glamour life, that's for me? How did that happen? Yeah, they actually found me. Of all the things in life, you didn't wake up and decide I wanted to do insurance for a living, but actually started in banking, of all things. Hmm? And uh, I like money. Realized I didn't like that at all. Mm. Yeah, so I gave it about a three-month stint, uh, and Humana came knocking. So didn't start out fabulous and uh, living the dream, but operations management was my calling at the time. Really? You did that too? I did. I started. God in, bless what you. What did I start in? Billing. It was billing. God, Lord. Yeah. All right. So we are two peas in a pod. Yeah. You got the Humana tattoo? Yeah, but I can't show you where. I can't show mine either. We're strict non-disclosure. I don't think we're supposed to talk about that. Yeah. Moving on. So um, so you were in the, uh, I'm, I'm going to say Green Bay probably, right? I was, yeah. Right, you're in the Green Bay contingent. And so you work your way up from operations management. You have to make your mark in billing. So you your billing must have been stellar. And then you did what? You moved on to where? Did enrollment on the other side. Super exciting. Uh, no, uh, had a great boss. Her name was Melanie. She did product at Humana for all the specialty lines. And mm-hmm. I, I literally, I walked upstairs one day. I was like, hey, Melanie, what are you doing? You got an opening. I think I look pretty good for that seat, don't you think? She's like, yeah, let's let's have a conversation. So that's how I got my feet wet doing dental insurance. Mm-hmm. It was a fun time. Yeah. Ten years later, I'm still doing it. Huh? Well, I think that uh, there is a... I might be a little biased too, but uh, I do think that it's interesting um, and it it certainly can be. It's what you make of it um, for yes. sure. So when at Humana, Humana is really known for Medicare um, and then they have the Humana specialty unit um, with dental and there's, what do you think has changed at least in your mind from how you were trained to how you see it today like what's been like one or what what's the thing that pops in your head that's changed the most as far as like you know dental maybe funding maybe voluntary strategies etc like that's one thing from an underwriting i'm gonna so let me be specific from an underwriting standpoint from back then where they were giving you the Kool-Aid of how they wanted you to underwrite stuff. And now that you've grown up and you've been able to see things from different perspectives, what's the fundamental difference between what you were taught and what you think now? Yeah. You know, the, the one thing I've seen 
especially coming from Humana over to Anthem now, is really the whole case underwriting. And it's getting more and more difficult, at least in my experience, for the standalones to keep track of what the medical multi-lines are doing in that respect. Um, you know, integrated healthcare really has changed, in my opinion, the way health insurers start to look at benefits. When I was growing up, you were looking at it in a silo. Mm-hmm. You know, you were rating dental, you were just rating dental. You didn't look at the other product lines. Um, you know, that that's really changed. Whole case underwriting mm-hmm. is probably the new norm in many respects, backed by integrated healthcare. So, you know, especially as you go up market, Anthem's pretty big in national accounts, in case you didn't know. Uh, just, uh, you know, making the plug. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anthem does a great job in national markets. Hey, Ray Murray. Hey, Tim Mills. How you yeah. doing? Yeah, we got we to gotta make some call outs, but I got to keep my, keep my nose clean here. Uh, but um, definitely ramping it up now. So uh, it's I, getting more and more difficult on just the ASO fees. So I have some Kleenex for your nose. They don't, they don't mind. They listen to the show. That's how you got on here. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Donald. How you doing? God, you're going to get me in trouble. Uh, no, it's me. Just believe me. <laughs> um, so whole case underwriting. So one of the interesting things when I was coming up where, you know, back in the day, um, and this is a while back, that the difference, it's a different type of risk, really. Now, you can, I think there's probably a bit more common associations with health and dental. Maybe you can m- make that argument that there's a little bit more parallels, um, but with dental and let's say disability, totally different, right? So think about like miners or, you know, or dynamite company, you know, and you're like, that is awful risk for disability, mm-hmm. but it's awesome risk for dental. Yep. You know, I won't run for the hills for one and, you know, not the other. Right. And so that was one one of my struggles when I was a, a having to try to well when i was responsible for doing the medical the dental the disability the life and everything you know it's there was you know it it wasn't as many groups until you get to the much much larger national ones with that slant you know hit the target on most of them um do you find that that's still the case or is there because of what reason is there more correlation between dental and, and medical, sorry, mm. making sure I'm understanding. Well, yeah, I was using disability, so I, it's probably going to be dental and medical because medical is going to be the driver of most, right? Right. So let's talk about medical and dental, whereas I think that back 10, 12 years ago, we talked about it, but there wasn't a really a whole lot of integration. Um, what's changed? Yeah, I think ACA has changed it a lot, to be quite honest with you. What is ACA? Affordable Care Act. Sorry. Oh, the yeah. ACA. The ACA, that fabulous piece of legislation from when? Oh, man. It's been almost 2013 when that passed. Uh, but pediatric essential health benefits being worked directly into the medical mm-hmm. really upended, I think, the way medical and dental ultimately intertwine themselves. The regulations that come with it, mm-hmm. whether that be ACA or not, is uh, it's night and day from just five years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, used to be medical was regulated, still regulated very highly, but regulators don't think about all the nuances of what the Affordable Care Act brought to the table. So I'll, I'll just give you a quick example. Please. Uh, Consolidated Appropriations Act just, just went through Congress, also part of COVID relief for, for everyday folks. And uh, there was a lot of health care legislation within that large omnibus piece of, of legislation. God bless Congress. Yes. We got to bless them a little bit. A few Hail Marys now and then, mm-hmm. but uh, they have a lot of regulations in regards to just transparency and, and, and cost, but there's also network adequacy and, and making sure directories are updated. And what I think folks don't realize is, well, that's, worthy legislation in many respects and you know the medical health care industry hasn't always you know done the best at their administrative functions i can find a dead man on your directory right now yeah, yeah everybody right it, it, this is a running it, running hard. bet i have with every single insurance company colleague and sure. you know you you all hear the horror stories right and um it, it's it, it's just interesting that in this day and age regulators don't understand 
when you think about all the regulations and the way it's all heaped upon one another, whether it be state and federal, federal, state, you know, they're, they're constantly going back and forth and uh, it's impacting dental specialty, the whole gamut of health related insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's use that as an example, just for our listeners, because I'm in total agreement with you. Um, so number one, let me just state, this is my personal opinion. Um, you shouldn't be throwing a bunch of um, complicated medical rules and regulations in with uh, some other bills. And I don't think you should try to jumble a bunch of medical and huge bill altogether by people who can't do math. That's just my personal opinion. But um, anyway, so let's go to the, sometimes these are very well-intentioned legislation. So let's just look yep. at the the clean directories, right? On the surface, you're like, okay, well, who doesn't want a clean directory, right? Now, so let's then put a mandate on the insurance companies that the insurance companies have to keep their data uh, up to date. Insurance companies want to keep their data up to date. Absolutely. What stops them from keeping their data up to date? Uh, You don't have to answer this. I'll answer it for you. It's the provider community. And so when you hire an associate and then they leave, you don't tell the insurance company so they can't take that person off of their directory. And if you die, obviously you're not sending notices to the insurance companies, are you? You got it. Right. And so that's very tough to do. So on the surface, no, it's I, I don't think that the insurance industry intentionally was doing that uh, or it was, you know, inflating their directories. Um, it's and so, and I think that having clean directories is a noble idea, but then saying, okay, well, you're going to have to check this every year, like just getting recredentialing done every three to four years, depending on what state you're in is tough. And then by the way, as somebody who talks to providers every single day too, um, they're like, this is a pain in the neck. And I'm like, uh-huh. and you just ask for more of it. Every 90 days now, Pat. What? 90 days. Good Lord. It's interesting. That's not that's it's not tough. the word I would use, Lucas. It's tough. Yeah. Um you should see some head scratching behind the scenes going on. So there's gotta be a better way. Like I CAQH has really tried their best um to get it going. Um and and I'm really like I'm fully supporting of their mission. I tell when I see them at NADP, I'm always like, What how can we help you? Right. It, like, just tell me well, I'm happy to do it because I think that, that mission of having a centralized database where there's a one-stop shop and then, pe- you know, you can verify, okay, they went to oh, the Ohio State University. Okay, that person is still alive. That person is still licensed to practice dentistry. That person is not a convicted felon yet or or this past year or yet. something. Yeah, right. was the key yet. word. Yeah, that slipped. That was a slip, people. <laughs> um. And so, but that's really what credentialing is. Credentialing makes me want to claw my eyes out. I I have to talk about it every day and it drives me nuts. And so I have to explain it to people who don't want to have it explained. And they don't, they're just like, I just, I I want to be an anthem and their provider. I submitted my application and it's just like flipping a light switch. Right. And I'm like, no. uh -uh." Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this all changes with Medicare. If, uh, we ultimately get some legislation out of Congress. Do you think that that's a good thing? You know, I, I think it is. If you think about the big picture, um, I would argue the current approach, in, in my in my opinion, is, well, is that's not what we're here one. for. Is your opinion? Uh, so putting it in plan par, plan B, good grief, part B, not the right approach, in my opinion. You know, just some top of mind thoughts are: how do you segregate? those benefits and and keep all the other federal legislation when you think about dental at least being an accepted benefit mm-hmm. from a lot of those federal regulations now you're you're going back to the mistakes we made with with ACA Affordable Care Act in in many respects um really good point but what i what i do think is a worthy cause is having you know something like a part D and NADP has been out there i don't know if you've seen anything they've started to distribute but um, advocating for a part T for teeth <laughs> keeps the benefit voluntary. You know, if Congress ever decides Medicare is unsustainable from a funding, you know, whatever perspective, you know, dental's pretty affordable yet. If you really think about it from a premium perspective, maybe not out of pocket, uh, you know, $1,000 for a crown. Now, a lot of us would argue that's not very affordable. So, you know, insurance has its place, but you can, from a everyday person perspective, pitch in 30 bucks a month. 
Mm-hmm. Government's putting in 20, maybe you're pitching in 10. I think most folks can, you know, afford that uh, and get a pretty nice comprehensive benefit. If they want and to keep their teeth. It, well, you know, as you... John Ray doesn't care that much. As you get older, it's interesting uh, how much you really appreciate your teeth. I appreciate my teeth. I, I use them to chew my food. Well, not everybody decides to be just like you. <laughs> I didn't decide to be they, just they, like me either. They, they like to gum it sometimes. <laughs> the smoothies, I do like smoothies, but I don't yeah. think all the time. If it was not optional or mandatory, that would change the paradigm, I think, a little bit. Um, so so you said something interesting to so the Medicare. Um, and by the way, you know, Dr. Mark Cooper is a big fan of the show. He's been on the show a couple of times. Um, we've had many discussions about medical dental integration and he sees it as, uh, you know, a, 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 all but a done deal. Right. And my take is as a taxpayer, uh, I don't really need any more mandatory benefits. Right. I, I hope Medicare is even there when I, when, it, when I become eligible, quite frankly. Um, number one, right. So then number two, don't we already have dental? Wait a minute. In part C, an advantage, we already have dental. So as I've seen plenty of good Medicare Advantage plans, now some of those benefits are, well, let's just say limited, right? But I've seen some good ones too, right? Because it's all a matter of how you're underwriting the, the product, right? Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, 10 years ago when part C was really getting itself together, skinny benefits, right? Limited vision, limited dental, pretty much just maybe a cleaning bite wings in one exam a year. I remember mm-hmm. doing those Medicare benefits. It's amazing how in this day and age, it's a 50-50 split in many respects. When I look at you know, Anthem's book, roughly 50% of, of the plans are diagnostic and preventive and the other 50 cent, 50% are, are pretty comprehensive. It, it's amazing to me. And it's not even unusual to see $2,000 allowances or, or annual maximums these days. It was unheard of. 10 years ago, you know, maybe $500. Mm -hmm. So it's come a long way. Um, You know, special needs plans and some of the different uh, innovations that have taken place, you know, especially among the big dogs, United, Humana, Mm -hmm. uh, not so much the blues. uh, They're still getting their act together in many respects, but uh, I think they really understood the value of what those benefits bring to seniors and what seniors want in a Medicare plan. It's not just about the health benefits. It's amazing to me how savvy our seniors can be when they go shopping. Mm-hmm. No, they have a lot more time. They don't have kids yeah. to raise. I mean, they have kids, but they, you know, not... you know, their pets, you know, become the second child. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to have to get a cat. Mm. My wife wants me to buy a $5,000 dog. Yeah. No. She's crazy. Well, yeah. you know, you're going to have to take them out. Middle of the night. Yeah. It was business. Oh, all right. And yeah, I'm, we have a lizard. It's a, I'm from Florida. So if it doesn't have fur, it's not my friend. You know, that's how I feel about it. Um, well, on the bright side, you know, I'm pretty talented. I could probably get you some doggy teeth insurance. Oh, there you go. Well, all right. Now we're talking. <laughs> but going back to the seniors, if you think about it, not altogether different than the employer group segment. What's the number two requested benefit in study after study shows? So empirical evidence, pretty close to it, is dental, right? What's happening right now? Staffing shortages. Yeah. How are you going to get these people to work for you? You know, so you're getting into bidding wars, but dental insurance is something we're going to talk about tomorrow, I'm sure, with all of the fine agents at the uh, uh, Atlanta Association of Health Underwriters Forum. Um, and thank you very much for coming on to be a, a subject matter expert on that. Uh, Ehu, Gahu, and Nahu all appreciate you, Lucas. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure. Uh, and those for those listeners, uh, yours truly will be moderator. Um, I'm not sitting on the panel as an expert. The expert here is Lucas uh, and also Josh Rowland. Um, I'm moderating it, so I'm just asking questions, kind of like what I do here. Uh, very similar. I think uh, you're doing well. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Give you a little pat on the back. Well, flattery will get you everywhere. You lie to me, too. That's great. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
I'm not out there in the market anymore, you know, selling, doing large and jumbo group sales. I miss it sometimes. I'll be honest with you. I, I do miss it sometimes. Um, I do like a rider. I haven't done a ride along in probably three years. So, you know, I'm not far behind you and I'm the product guy. <sighs> COVID's really put a dent in life. Yeah. Well, not as much fun. Not as much fun. I bet the sales guys are out there playing a shit ton of golf though. They're eager. They're eager. They want to get back out there. Oh, but they're not allowed to get out. That's probably, oh, man. That's awful. They're trying. I bet they are. They're probably chomping at the bit, especially with the market, with the way it is right now, because, you know, I would imagine that dental trend is flat. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Um, It's been flat for years. I would argue in many respects it's going negative when you go up market. It's so hyper competitive right now. Um, I don't think, I don't think I've seen a case come through as we get up market. Think large local. I'm talking 5,000 plus mm-hmm. national account kind of groups. So. Um, you know, it, the inertia, I, I mean, it, it's just, it's real. Uh, there's ASO fees of a dollar in some respects. I've, I've seen that. Um, I remember when we were selling ASO for $3 on dental, mm-hmm. which is crazy, um, how things have shifted. Um, and, and still asking for more. So if you think about it and you look at the whole package, not just the ASO fee, but you think about the performance guarantees and everything else that gets bundled into that type of a, a large group sale, um, you know, that's where I go. It, it arguably could be negative to keep a group. And, you know, there's always a few companies out there making investments, right? They'll buy the business. Um, I mm. think we were talking about a company a bit earlier who, who I think goes through cycles like that. Um, it's that cycle right now. It's a really tough market out there. I've been in companies with cycles where the faucet gets turned on and yeah. then all of a sudden gets turned off. Um, and that's why, as I said, I, because I also was operations management, but then I got certified in underwriting so that I could talk to the underwriters because ultimately if the underwriter is not my friend, right. Right, then I'm not going to be able to sell anything. And so, but if you go sell a bunch of crap business in your book tanks for your state or your market, then guess what? The faucet gets turned off. So I understood that. It's, I, and so we have a lot of, I'm not going to mention any names, but all of you who are listening to the show that I used to work with would know. They're like, oh, I remember Patrick O'Rourke. All right. Because he'd come in and he'd say this and, and I would push and I would say, look, here's the deal. Um, let me run, run on my, on my book. If my book runs bad, then, then I deserve it. Right. But you know, we're going to get the participation. Yeah. Maybe it's voluntary, but I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to do the enrollment meetings myself. I've done hundreds and thousands of them, you know, and they're like, well, 60, 65%, you know, enrollment, that seems high. And I'm like, if I, if I got 65%, you should fire me right now. You know, it's, 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 (laughs) I'm going to get 90. (laughs) It's comical that you say that, you know, I, uh, (laughs) voluntary, the way we used to rate it. I mean, I'm not kidding you when I say, um, there is a, uh, a company out there where that we're loading voluntary rates, 10%. Uh, now, you know, on the flip side, they weren't having enrollment meetings. They weren't supporting that either. Um, at the time. That's interesting. But, uh, you know, 65% is not unreasonable on a voluntary case anymore, especially if you're doing it right. Right. Truly. You want to hear my, uh, how I did my open enrollment meetings? No, oh, it's quick. It's easy. It's funny. It's good. This is a, it, it's funny because it's true. When you're out there, you're doing the uh, open enrollment meeting, right? You're talking about their medical benefit. And everybody's, you know, complaining. They're like, "Oh, my copay went from five dollars to ten dollars." Oh, and you know, it's all torches and pitchforks, right? And then you get done explaining the pharmacy benefit and the maternity benefit, and everybody in the cafeteria, wherever you're at, their eyes are glazed over, and then you start talking about the dental. Just check the box. Mm. And so I, I would just go, <clears throat> who in here um, has teeth? Please raise your hand. Hands go up. I go, how many of you with your hand raised would like to keep your teeth? The hands pretty much stand raised. So now check the box. You're welcome. Go to a participating provider. Thanks. <laughs> Not a bad pitch. Matt. Feel free to use that, all of our listeners, all of the agents. Uh, there's a somebody who's sold millions of dollars of dental insurance. That's how I did it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm just succinct. 
I'm direct. Did it come with ortho? No, ortho's a money loser, man. <laughs> I got I got a good laugh out of you there. That You're was like, kind of funny, actually. <laughs> I'll give you that one. You know, it's gotten more fun though. You got the clear liners out there. It's not just Invisalign anymore. Patents off. Mm, oh, it's it, it's. I hear a lot about that. So there's, I can't even keep track of it. People are like, I'm the blah blah blah, and you know, clients are always like, oh, it's a clear, clear Invisalign, but it's not Invisalign, right? Right. And I had somebody trying to explain blockchain. They're like, we're using blockchain technology. And I'm like, man, you are, that's way over my head now. I'm sorry. You know, there's a lot of investment going in in that space. Um, even Anthem's in on it with, I think it's Cigna and a couple others. They all, they all got together. The industry got together in reality, taking a peek at how they can leverage it. That's, uh, that's smart. Yeah, but it doesn't get me up in the morning. Not all that exciting for me. Well, I see, I have two kids and my daughter is going to need braces because trying to get her to brush her teeth at night is, mommy doesn't make me brush my teeth. And I'm like, you know who's going to have to pay for it? I had this talk with her the other night, true story. I'm like, you know, you're going to need braces and you know who's got to pay braces? I'm going to pay for your braces. I got a plan for you. You do? Yeah. Is it an individual plan? Well, I don't know. You want to be an employer of one? I I, I am an employer. I have a company. I, I think we can take care of you. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll have, to well you know. I'll have to talk to my agent, Alina Marino. Shout out. Well, you know, she needs braces. They're not as expensive as they used to be. You'll have to give it a shot. Do the aligners. Oh, yeah. The, the aligners, I've been told. So um, my plan is to um, really just pressure somebody I know, probably locally. Um, not mentioning any names yet. She's not old enough. Um, but you know who might is John Ray. John Ray has a little bit of a oral hygiene issue. And so, but he's going to need more than just clear aligners. He's going to need somebody to go in there with some uh, heavy duty drill bits, a caterpillar, you know, type of equipment. Um, anyway, uh, John Ray's not here today, so I shouldn't pick on him too much. So, uh, Arlie is here and she's lovely and she's doing a terrific job and John Ray's because John Ray, I'm not sure where John Ray is, actually. I think he said something about a family reunion. I hope he's not trying to pick up chicks or something over there. That's not right, John Ray. Um, it's okay. We'll get him to buy us a beer later. Yeah, there you go. Well, I think he, I'm actually sure where he is. Um, I think Las Vegas, maybe. Um, so we've talked about your past. We've talked about some really cool stuff to me and you. Now, Speak just in general, so our audience is providers, um, the provider community, but also insurance companies and insurance agents, but, you know, and also other centers of influence and folks that are in this kind of what I call business niche. It's a little bit wider and weirder than you probably ever imagined. You're sitting in the office in Minneapolis, because uh, when I got into it, I was like, what? What's that? Thing? I've never heard of that type of consultant before. Um, anyway, um what are you excited about for product launch this year, next year? Like you said that the clear liners don't get you up in the morning. What does get Lucas up in the morning? You know, evidence-based dentistry, you know, never heard of that. And I think you even asked me about it the other day. What the hell is that? Um, you know, that's what gets me up in the morning. You can do a lot of cool things there. And, um, you know, dental benefits just seem like, Hey, you know, go in, get a filling every whatever, six, seven years, get your cleanings in and out. But, um, you know, evidence-based dentistry, the sitting down with the clinicians, the providers, to your point, they, uh, they, they've taught me just a few things. Uh, for instance, you really don't need to be getting that crown redone every five years just because that frequency runs out. Do you, you, mm -hmm. you ever know that? No. no. Yeah, a lot of people just do what the dentist says, right? Um, Why would I want another crown though? I wouldn't but you'd be amazed how many people actually get a crown done every five years. Really? Yeah. Frequency runs out. So that, that that's what gets me excited though. In, in honesty is just looking at things like that dorky stuff. Yeah. But it's a, I'm a big dork too. So let's go to that though. Just because there's a frequency, it's not like teeth cleaning. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. So there's, there's actually, and I know you've got the, 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 the evidence to back up your evidence based. Well, I, I'm just puzzled that people were like, okay, well, you know, it's, <laughs> it's frequencies up. I can get this crown pulled off, but it still has to be under the guise of a modicum of medic, med, medic, 
medical necessity, right? It's supposed to be, but you'd be amazed at how many claims come through. And it's hard to catch them all. So um, I don't know if you've been paying attention uh, lately, but there's a few companies out there doing the artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and applying it to the imaging. Now. I, I have been paying attention. You have, yeah. Well, um, you know. Well, I'd like to learn more, though. Like, it's a peripheral, so I know, like, Overjet. Yeah, Overjet's probably the leader right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got Retrace, you got Vidya, you got a few others out there. Um, but now being able to really scrutinize some of those claims, and it's not to scrutinize them, but it gets you back into the evidence-based dentistry saying, you know, that, that crown should last 15 years. I don't understand why you're seeing it loop off every five or every eight years, like you've seen in the traditional insurance plans with their frequencies. Um, so for me to step back and, you know, look at the industry and look at what the data is showing me behind the scenes and saying, you know, we can do some things with dentistry that folks haven't even considered. Um, you know, even doing things like carries risk assessments, never, you never see that as coverage in a dental plan before. Um, but you know, you get somebody good for it. well, you know, that's what I think about when I wake up in the day. Uh, should I be covering that? And if it's a mild uh, to severe risk of caries, uh, you know, should I be giving that adult fluoride treatments? Should I be given, you know, that child, not just the topical or the varnishes, but maybe I need to throw in some some silver diamine and really think about, do I restore a teeth? And I'm talking like a provider in the third person now. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the that's the stuff that gets me up in the morning is just really thinking about how do I help people take care of their teeth in a way that, you know, the industry really hasn't done a good job of, of helping them with. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. And I think that's terrific. There's a perception out there that, um, that those in the insurance industry, so, you know, the provider community and the payer community um, need each other. This is my view. Uh, anybody's feel free. If anybody objects to my view, they can come on the show. You got to talk to John Ray though. Um, and we can discuss it now as much as a provider in the payer community need each other, though, the financial interests are dynamically opposed. On top of that, they speak completely different languages. And so there's a little bit of mistrust, I would say. And then, so that is, is fanned, this mistrust or this misperception, you know, I hear all the time, insurance companies are evil, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you talking about? These are just folks. They got kids and families that go to church, just like you do. Like, you know, simmer down. It's all marketing tactic by, um, I'm not going to mention any names. Um, but I see it all the time and and it's, you know, it's, I got to be polite here. John Ray's not here to keep me polite. Um, Arlie is here to keep me polite, so I'm not going to say anything. Anyway, that whole insurance thing is bad. Insurance companies are evil. All that stuff, it's BS, by the way. So all of our listeners who are out there and you know who you are, um, and if you disagree with that, you can come on the show too, and we will definitely put on the music, and we'll have a little dance. Um, But so there's, I hear all that all the time. Insurance companies are bad, evil, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, they're not, all right? So you're just, it's a financing tool. It's all it is. Okay. Is it, you want, we'll put gold teeth in your mouth. I still say we right, collectively. All right. Well, I don't care. You know, I'll make your premium $5,000 a month. I'll put whatever you want in there. You know, <laughs> it's, it's up to the insurer to, to, and their agent. All right. Their professional licensed agent to then create a policy that best fits and is suitable to their needs per the ethics and regulation of their state. And by the way, everybody who has insurance license has to take ethics three hours every two years. So, um, sorry, I got a little tired right there. Um, you're on a roll. Yeah, it can't, it, 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 it gets me. So when I hear that and a lot of it, sometimes I think, and this is just my perception is time, right? Insurance guy, like nobody has time. You're a corporate. There's always competing priorities. So to hear that you're sitting down and you're looking at evidence based dentistry and, and you're right, I probably would not have defined it the same way. Um, that was the Don Schmay that said that actually, um, we'll see him tomorrow and, but tell me more about evidence based dentistry. So, because what I'm hearing is that you're sitting down with the providers, which is what they all say to me that they wish the insurance company did. Well, it's happening whether or not you dear listener are part of that conversation or not. 
Yeah, I you, don't know. You, you know, it's easier to work with providers than ever before. And I know many may not like to hear it, but corporate dentistry is here. It's happening. It's happening fast. You know, Do you see my shock face? Yeah, I, I can see it. But, um, you know, they providers truly do have a really good understanding of how they would love to shape a dental plan. And, you know, they're not very, very shy about sharing that in many respects. Uh, and, and so the DSOs, dental service organizations for folks who, who don't understand the acronym, um, absolutely are reaching out to the payers and having conversations behind the scenes, thinking about how do you help those patients and how do we help our members as the insurer to get the most out of their dental plan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to, you know, to your question, some of it's evidence-based, some of it's not, um, you know, I'll give you an example. There's some DSOs who, who really are on the perio laser for purposes of, of treating perio disease. And, uh, you know, the evidence doesn't back it up in, you know, any solid form. When I talk to the, the, you know, the insurance clinicians who have to have those more difficult conversations when a claim comes in. Um, so, you know, is, is there a little bit of trickery behind the scenes that happens on, on both sides of the house in terms of, are we going to cover that? Are we not going to cover that? Uh, genuinely, I, I will tell you, working for an insurance company, I've never woke up in 15 years of being in the industry and, and said, hey, uh, I'm not looking out for the member at the end of the day. So, you know, to your point, it is, it's a plan. It's a dental plan. It's not intended to cover everything, mm -hmm. but it is going to cover things that are evidence-based. Mm -hmm. Yeah, never did. I don't think anybody wakes up and goes, you know what? Let's just go find a way to screw people today. That perception's out there. It, I, it is. Truly. For, it, it, for sure, it is. And I appreciate you coming on the show and helping me to spell it. You know, sometimes I just, I feel like it gets all torch and pitchfork. Now, luckily, and I, I'm not very sensitive. And so I, I'm just like, simmer down. All right, Davis. Nick, here's the deal. Here's how everything works, right? I'm happy. And that's what this show is about is the education and bringing the, the, the provider and the payer communities kind of together, because I do think, and especially these days, there is um, a lot of animosity. And so the DSOs and the corporate guys, it's because there's business. There's, they understand the business side of it too. Now, business is not a dirty word. Business is how we all, you know, feed our families and pay our bills. And so they're looking at business. It's yes, it is patient centric, but it's also about if we can create a better healthcare outcome. Okay. Which keeps, brings healthcare cost trends down. That is good for who? Everybody. Right. Everybody. Everybody. Right. Payer, provider, and patient. Unless. It's fee for service. True. Mm. And you know, providers, they got a lot more options than they used to. What do you mean? Well, think about it. You've got Walmart out there now here in Georgia. Well, health clinics. Have, have you seen, have you seen one by the chance, by chance? I'm just interested. Mm. Walmart health centers. Uh, and there's one up in Cartersville. I might have to go check it out. I haven't been there. No. I mean, it's, I guess, like all due respect, I like I like Walmart, um, and I, Walmart has a barber shop or a salon in there too. But I'm not going to go there and get my hair cut. True, you know. That's, I don't know. Uh, you know, healthcare is a little bit different. It's healthcare, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if the same provider who has their own office maybe two doors down also practices in the same clinic at Walmart while you're shopping, would you not see that same provider? I mean, if you put it like that, probably. I think a lot of folks fail to realize that. Um, you know, I, th I spend a lot of time thinking about that, right? Uh, you've got only so many dentists, 200,000 roughly, I think, in the country compared to six 600,000 physicians, mm. roughly. I don't know. It's been a while since I looked at the numbers. But, you know, like we were talking earlier, do you want to sit in, sit in the office and just do the same thing every day? No. A lot of people don't. So you got providers who are willing to contract their labor and, you know, they'll still have their private office, do their thing, but um, maybe they'll take a gig at a retail dentistry shop and, and serve clients that way, patients that way. Mm -hmm. In theory, maybe. You know, the whole person health thing, 
gets a lot of providers up at the end of the day. And, you know, I think Walmart health centers having all of those different gambits of care in one location, you've got your health professional, your physician, you've got your behavioral health. Now you got your vision. They got counselors there, like mental counselors. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're using telehealth to help out with that. I need some mental counseling when I go into Walmart sometimes. Well, I often ask myself, do I need psychiatry or do I need psychology in my life? It's kind of a toss-up some days. <laughs> Do you lean one way or the other when you're at Walmart? <laughs> uh, I lose my mind more than I admit when I go to Walmart. Yeah, it's a special place. <laughs> you know, uh, I will say that it's a, I, you know, all due respect to my hometown of Tampa, Florida, um, or at least on my side of the tracks where Walmart is, is let's just say it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very interesting. You know, the, the, the funny part is, and the reason I bring it up is, um, I was looking at their price list. So, you know, that's one of the cool things about retail dentistry, as I call it. Uh, it's pretty darn affordable. Uh, yeah, it's, it's cheap. I've seen it. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, yeah, I looked at it. I'm a big dork too. Yeah. See, I thought I was the only guy that got excited about this stuff, but um, it's interesting to but see. But the only people around, right, is gonna, that understand that is going to be the docs themselves. And they're, you know, and then you and me, and I'm telling you, there's not that many. You know, I can tell you what the difference, and you probably can too. What the, you know, we can we know what the difference between a one surface yes. amalgam and resin filling is. We know what an apicoectomy is, and probably can spell it right. Um, yes, I, yes, yes. And, but and so and then when you see the the charges, you're like, wow, that's uh, that is def- affordable to use your, your word. Um, now does you know Johnny Lunch Bucket? To use a term from uh, I learned from Greg Dowling. How you doing, Greg? Uh, hope you're doing all right in Texas. Anyway, uh, he's like, "Well, does Johnny Lunch Bucket understand that? You know?" And so, because he might know, "Hey, I got a toothache," but what type? He doesn't know what two surface, three surface filling. He doesn't know that. You know, uh, is Walmart doing amalgams? Yeah, they're doing restorative care. No, like, does anybody do amalgams anymore? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it used to be 50-50. I think it's pretty much gone entirely composites. It should be. They've done though. some really cool things with composite fillings, though. Yeah, it has forever. I was talking to a doc, and he's like, so it's like uh, super glue, like the best Gorilla Glue ever, right? As long as you give it time to set. You know, you can yeah. actually put a four-surface filling in there. And, you know. And right, it, with composite, back in the day, that was that was faux pas. Right. You might not uh, leave the dentist chair and keep that filling. Yeah, so th- his... This guy's take was um, he could prove and had empirical evidence that he could do a four-surface filling and it would last way longer than the five-year frequency and then it would last even 10. And he's like, well, you know, but the challenge from a business perspective is that a crown is uh, reimbursed at uh, three times of the four-surface filling and then he got flagged by the carrier, not you guys, but another very, like major carrier, because the number of times he was doing a four surface filling was was such an outlier that yep. they 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 can you know knock knock let's do an audit, and then he got you know, he's very upset because he's like this is saving you money jabronis, and uh, you know they're not talking to a, a clinician they're talking to you know Joe Bob the auditor. It's true though, and you're not you're not wrong. Every insurance company looks at fillings, goes, is this guy doing a bunch of three and four or is he doing ones and twos? Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you're doing all threes and fours, you're going to land on a list at some point. And it's always educational, right? Nobody's out to to necessarily go in and say you're being fraudulent or you're being wasteful or any of that kind of thing. But uh, I think if Lucas shows up at your door, it's probably cool, right? But but to your point, I actually get excited when I see a lot of four surface fillings. Are you saving me crown costs? Are you saving me bridge costs? I mean, let's be honest. Got to look at the data in total. All right. And, and the other issue, the interesting thing about this conversation with this guy is that when he brought this up to his colleagues, it was a non-starter. Nobody wanted to talk about that. Really? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Got to talk about it. Well, we can talk about that. We're safe here on the show because we have our, our lay here to protect us. Um, and we're in a bank vault, so good luck. And, but th- that's kind of the interesting thing, and I have a lot of these conversations. And so 
sometimes I'm like, I need to have a little bit more detailed conversations and maybe we take this offline or we talk about it a little bit more tomorrow. But, you know, from a data perspective, um, I have a lot of it. (laughs) Yeah. And I know you do too. And so there's, but there, I'm also able to get a lot of conversations um, just because of the rapport and the trust that we built. You sure. know, you know, we're not like, we're not volume based. I know, you know, the clients, et cetera. Um, we can take that offline. So let's talk about the panel discussion tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, the audience is going to be agents and they're going to think session on dental. Hmm. It's just dental. What are they getting exactly? How often have you heard that, by the way? It's uh, just dental. A million times. Yeah. At least. Yeah. It's just dental. What it's dental. It's a, you want fries with that? And and then it's, uh, oh, and you sell vision? I tell them, here's an eye patch. <laughs> yeah. I need an eye patch for that. I punch that. them in the eye. I'm going to that one a try. <laughs> uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll save that one for Halloween. <laughs> Yeah, it's all fun and games till you poke your eye out and you got to wear an eye patch for the rest of your life. The only time that's going to be cool is Halloween. Um, so uh, you may not be able to answer this, but Vision, um, is uh, Luxottica just own the world still or not? You'd be amazed. Yes, they do. They actually closed on Essler, I think, two years ago. It's been almost two years. Right. You know Essler, right? Hmm? Yeah. Unbelievable. I can't believe how big Luxottica is these days. Mm-hmm. Massive. Uh, I mean, they literally own the market. Yeah. They yeah. own the, all retail stores. They, the only reason they're even in vision insurance, because they're like, uh, what's this vision insurance? Will that get me to sell more frames? Yes. Sweet. I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. They, they are our partner at Anthem for our vision plan, and they do a nice job on the insurance side. Um, listen, Luxottica, I love your frames. Maui Gems. Thank you. You know, VSP is not barking at their door, though. VSP had much more market share than they did. You know, still years in, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still a big dog. Interesting. Go on with the bad sales, VSP. Yeah, they've got their own frame brands and everything now. Never used to. Although I'm I didn't da- know that. I'm dating myself by saying this. You realize that, right? Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, they they got into the biz vertical integration. Does that show how old I am? I'm not sure. Well, I still have all my teeth, most of them. It's just vision. Just vision. It is. It's just vision. <laughs> I, I got. I sold a lot of vision in my time, though. I I got very passionate. The Comp Benefits product was awesome. Yes, it was. I would, VCP, remember? Yes, VCP. VCP that's yeah. I. Sm- I would smoke. Doctor, I med. Doctor Braverman, you remember that? Yeah, guy? Howard Braverman. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Me and Howard. You yes. Know, you know, if Howard, you're listening by chance. You know, Vale sounds excellent in about three months. <laughs> Howard Braverman taught me everything and he's so passionate about it. Like I'm still passionate about the, you know, VCP and how it's set up with the wholesale pr- price model, yeah. etc. That man taught me so much. I, I miss him. Miss him a ton. Yeah. How- Howard Braverman, shout out to you. You taught me a lot for sure. And you spent a lot of time with me and I appreciate that. And Lucas feels the same way. So Dr. Howard Braverman, you are our hero. Um, what is he retired now? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's exactly. been a few years. Yeah. I really do need to reach out. Yeah. Well, I'm you not, t- I'm tell him I'm not that. Tell him I said I'm not either. Will do. I got two small kids. I own my own business. If it's quiet and there's nothing going on, I'm I'm closing my eyes. People ask, like, what do you do for fun? I'm like, napping. That's what <laughs> it's I the do. adult thing to do. Right. That's, it's like true. Um. So. Now, many of the folks tomorrow probably aren't listening to the show, but it's going to get pumped out r- right probably this week while, you know, while you're in town. And so what are, we, what are our learning objectives for tomorrow? Um, we're going to describe how changes in the industry, the finance delivery of healthcare may impact revenue, service approach, and overall business strategy of the agents and your respective clients, jabronis, um, the employers. Do you, Here's my question for you, and I'll probably pop this out tomorrow, right? And so the way you can refine the answer so it won't be so off the cuff. Um, have you been able to swing a, a, a real big employer group because of the dental? 
Yes. Actually just had one. They kept the medical separate between two health companies, brought all the dental over, all about integrated healthcare. Mm. You know, the medical multi-lines, you'd be amazed at the money they've poured into that and the capabilities that come with it behind the scenes. Um, the analytics, the artificial intelligence, the uh, the benefit designs even, and the way they're shaped, and what CPT codes and CDT codes you're covering along with it. Um, you know, it's funny, I just had a conversation the other day about dentistry and integrated healthcare and, and how Alzheimer's, of all diseases, mm-hmm. has a linkage. I, have, I think I've, I've read an article it, it's almost yeah, it comical. Was am- it was amazing, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, everything links back, right? So the story is real. And when you look at the data behind the scenes, it's real. Um, and, you know, the cool part, and maybe it's not cool for some folks listening, but as the as the broker and consultant community has started to consolidate, brokers and consultants now care about dental. Mm. They're asking good questions. They're making challenging decisions with clients around, you know, is this all whole hum? Yeah. It's just a sales tactic around some of the things we're talking about here today. Um, or is there some meat on the bone and maybe you can have some potatoes with that. Um, having that conversation all the time when we talk up market mm-hmm. and it resonates, it's resonating. Anything that happens up market will find its way downstream sooner or later. Absolutely. And so I would imagine that you guys have had to have these conversations for the past couple of years, though, right? Yeah, we really started hitting the pavement with um, integrated healthcare story. We call it Anthem Whole Health Connection at at Anthem um, about five years ago, and uh, we've done a lot. You know, on the product side, being the product guy, of course, got to talk about that just a little bit, please. Um, but the extra enhanced benefit we call them clinically enhanced dental benefits uh, that you get with with every dental plan. We don't make it optional. We believe in it that much. Um, depending upon what health condition you have, we give you a certain set of additional benefits. So like if I'm pregnant, what do I get? You get extra cleanings, you get extra Besides exams. On the Jerry Springer show. You're getting fluoride. I'm even giving you sealants as a expectant mother. Um, you know, a lot of minerals go into that baby. Cavities are just waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some pretty cool things there that you can do. And, you know, even if you don't have the medical you can do some pretty cool things around evidence-based dentistry, integrated health. Just knowing, uh, for instance, if you are, uh, what's a good example? You're diabetic, I guess. Sure. Um, making sure that we think about what do we have in the mouth for gum disease? Thinking about those perio benefits. How do you structure those benefits? I mean, how much, how many dental plans have you seen actually try to separate what I call simple periodontics versus surgical uh, periodontics. I've seen it many times and I always, it puzzles me. Makes sense though. Why wouldn't you put the surgical in class C? Why don't you put the, the non-surgical in, in class B? Oh, versus putting it uh, all in major. Yeah. I mean, you want folks doing the maintenance care, oh, I see right? what you're saying. Perio maintenance. Yeah. You know, a lot of people call that a cleaning, you know. Dental yeah, guy yeah, here got a dork out just a little bit. Yeah, it, it's different. Right? That's why there's a different code for it. That's right? right. That's right. But why wouldn't you want that, you know, with less cost share on the member? Right, because you, you don't want to disincentivize them. That's right. You know, a lot of people forget it's not preventive when you get into the perio cleanings. So, you That's know. That's a really good point. I make it that way when I think about what I'm doing with, with benefit design and how all that good stuff connects with the rest of the body when we think about the mouth. Yeah. And so if you don't have the medical, does whoever has a medical, like does United Healthcare always ever call you up and say, Hey Lucas, great job on that dental. You brought our claims costs down. It's happening more and more, Pat. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, no, sh- no insurer wants to share that data, of course. All right. Um, but you know, the clients and uh, particularly the consultants are, they're demanding it. It's no longer an option. So this it'll be interesting. interesting to see how carriers adapt. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. So I know that tomorrow, um, it's going to be interesting because you're going to have some real smart people in that room that are going to fire off some, some good questions. Um, also shout out to Josh Rowland, who is going to be there, uh, tomorrow. Thank you very much. And so Josh is 
one of the one one of the smartest ancillary smartest all around brokers, but definitely um, knows ancillary really really well and loves it. He's been on the show too. I'm not, but I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm not a sunshine and rainbows kind of guy, you know. I I, only, I say what I mean. I mean what I say. Um, what other type of chronic care cases and or types are you focused in on right now? You know, it's the big dog still, you know, cardiovascular stroke, diabetes, pregnancy, you know, same gamuts. Um, I will tell you, we've got a great crew of clinicians who are looking at the literature all the time. Uh, suppressed immune systems kind of getting some attention. We were talking about Alzheimer's a little bit earlier. I'm not down the Alzheimer's route at, at this point. I just think that's a maybe you just forgot. It's just a stretch, you know, mind, simple mind here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at least we can have a good laugh on that one. But yeah, you know, thinking and looking at the data is driving those decisions. Right. And, you know, being a product guy, you like to just innovate, kind of throwing a dart at a dartboard a lot of times. My job is, um, it's getting more difficult. I got to look at the data. Imagine that. Yeah. Data. Mm. Data and insurance. Mm. I thought that was reserved for tech companies, right? Crazy. Wow, how it's all come full circle. I like the data. I've always, always have, you know, I use the data to win. I always have, uh, you know, for whatever reason, when I get the data conversation going, I don't ever seem to win. Really? Yeah. Well, again, simple mind. Oh, well, you must be talking internally. <laughs> always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's, what's, what's my favorite saying? I'm, my, I'm, yeah. I'm my biggest competitor. Yeah. Well, and not just that, but I mean, internally I've been in corporate America and sometimes we have to have meetings about the meanings and sometimes we're discussing and there's like to move something forward. Inertia is your biggest competition. You know, it's not just the employer groups. Um, and sometimes when you get good people around you, get a good boss and a good team, like you're, you're blessed. You really are, you know? And then sometimes things change like back in when the ACA happened, that was a fundamental material change, which scared a lot of folks because now there became unknown, right? What happens in the financial, in the risk industry in our, our world when there's something that's unknown? Uh, people clam up. There's just like, we're going to rate the hell out of that thing. Right. You assume the worst. Yeah. You have to. Right. I so, mean, it's insurance, right? Yeah. And that's, it's a, it makes sense, but it, it just, changed everything changed um and then we went from being a a more um and it's just my experience by the way and it's only my perception um and i won't even mention where i was at at the time <laughs> um but it, we went from being the some innovative and forward looking to scared and fetal position in and that was very uh, disconcerting, but not to mention not fun, you know, especially for somebody like me. Yeah, the Affordable Care Act, when that was getting ramped up, I, yeah, I honestly had my hair turn white. It was it was rough. Yeah. It was, the it, industry struggles to this day. It's, it was... <clears throat> I'm in Georgia, so I need to be polite. So I'll just say that the, the crafters of that language bless their hearts that's what they say here georgia you know that's a good saying though yeah i really wish it would have brought some people on that had uh 10 minutes worth of uh health risk uh underwriting background to help them instead of just doing some random stuff um did you guys just get a bunch of monkeys by fold up get them drunk and throw some darts because that's what it seems like you did bless your hearts bless your hearts you know on the bright side cms just hired a chief dental officer I got to give them a round of applause. Round of applause at CMS. CMS is like the IRS. Nobody probably ever calls them and tells them, hey, great job, guys. You did that audit fast time. Hey, CMS, man, the rules, the way you articulated those rules and all the nuances of said rules was exquisite. No, it probably doesn't happen. So CMS, shout out from Lucas here. They're trying. They're trying. You know, honestly, uh, You'd never hear this come out of another insurance guy's mouth, but, um, you know, genuinely observing the mm-hmm. feds over the last, what is it, 2021? I can't keep track of time anymore. Yeah, it is. 2021, yeah. Pretty sure. Well, anyway, 
what is it, seven years? 2014 it took effect? Mm-hmm. They're listening. They listen. Wow. Now, they don't always agree with the insurance industry, but they listen. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And I'll tell you this. I think it may, it's probably a step in the right direction. And I, I'm just, I keep my eyes open. I don't have anything bad to say. I'm just watching, you know? So does that make sense? It does. You know, I think regulators in the insurance industry often get a bad rap. Not at all. Right. I can see that. Uh, but you know, sometimes do I think it's a little bit overboard? I'll, I'll say a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's some things that are regulated out there that make absolutely no sense to me, but on the flip side, most regulators I think are pretty easy to work with if you give them a chance. And they probably go to church and have kids too. Right. Bless so heart. we can't villainize them. Well, all right. So I, listen, I, think I, they, I think they want their insurance too at the end of the day. <laughs> well, the Fed VIP is one of the best programs out there. Do you ever do open enrollment fairs for that? I did. Aren't they fun? Yeah. How good. many Snoopies you got? Oh, and I, Snoopy was not allowed at my house for years. I don't think he still is. Um, yeah, I'll have to, we'll have to take that one off the line. Um, Sorry, I had to slip that in. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, I, I remember those tables, right? Everybody went for the Snoopy. So they did, they did, or the duck, or the duck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I forgot about the duck. Yeah, I can tell you a few stories about that too. She ducks have gotten missing at events that I've at, been at. Oh. I, I, it's coincidental. I, yes, yes, it is. Um, Careful, <laughs> they'll give you the uh, Bureau of Prisons in D.C. for your next fair. <laughs> <laughs> you got that one. I did. I did. That was good. Um, all right. So, Lucas, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners out there? I don't know. It's dental. Just dental. <laughs> um, well, with that, um, thank you very much for coming in, Lucas. Real pleasure. I've enjoyed the show very much. I would also like to thank um, some of the folks that helped make it happen. All of the fine people at the Atlanta Association of Health Underwriters, Georgia Association of Health Underwriters, all of the sponsors for the Atlanta Association of Health Underwriters. That would be Northside Hospital, Friday Health Plans, Kaiser Permanente, Aetna, Anthem, Ease, Admin America, Adams Keegan, and the AHU Benefits Forum, and the Society, the Financial Service professionals the atlanta chapter of the financial services professionals and you know gahoo's having their medicare um state form too so i know you're going to stick around for the that tomorrow or for the the next day tomorrow yeah is the panel and then the next two days yeah um so um, thank everybody for that. And also thank you to uh, Don Jackson. Uh, give a shout out to Jordan Shearer, his brother, Ryan Shearer. I see you, buddy. Um, and Tyler Moore. I would also like to thank everybody at Practice Quotient. That is Practice Quotient that is sponsor. They pay for all of this uh, fine content. Uh, so fun fact, uh, people at Practice Quotient um, have are professionally uh, certified in dental benefits underwriting and administration. Imagine that. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And so there's a bunch of um, other folks that run around that, I I don't know, this puzzles me a great deal. I guess they rolled out of bed one day and they're like, hey, let's go tango with insurance companies. That sounds like a great idea. They don't have a lot of resources or anything. (laughs) Um, And so my, my point here is, both to the insurance industry, we're not your enemies, all right? Um, we're just the bridge um, to the provider community who have torches and pitchforks, and we're the ones to calm that stuff down. Um, but also to our potential clients out there, um, if you – would you recommend that somebody go to uh, – would you refer to a specialist that didn't have a license to for a dentistry license? Would you recommend that your neighbor go to a dentist that doesn't have a dental license? Because I'm assuming all of you providers have licenses, right? So you're very big on the continuing education. So I want you to keep that in mind. 
um, when you're trying to decide who's going to be the best partner um, for professional PPO analysis and negotiation. Um, so thank you to the fine folks at Practice Quotient headquartered in the thriving metropolis of Griffin, Georgia, and to Nikki and Scott, who never listens to the show. Hi, Scotty. Um, and also to John Ray's stand-in, Arlia, who is much more talented and better looking than John Ray. Not that that's hard to do. It's a very low bar, but I still mean to give you a compliment. Um, so thank you very much, Arlia. Thank you very much, John Ray. I hope you're successful in your romantic endeavors. Um, with that, until next time. <laughs>